Please help your hands to heaven. Worship your King, your Lord, your Savior. Say to him how much you are thankful to him. Thanks him for the work of the cross, for your salvation, for the way that he's taking care of you. Say thanks to him. Worship his name. Invite the Holy Spirit right now over your life. Say to him, I am here because I want to be used by you, Father. God brought you to this country, to this place. And he wants to use each one of us for his glory. There is one eternity ahead of us and many people they are going to enter in this eternity without Jesus they are going to be lost and we are here to, to bring salvation to these people that you can say to the Lord you can count on me Father to make disciples you can count on me Lord in order for people can be saved here in this town. Oh, Holy Spirit, come upon us. Teach us. May your power can come down. As the primitive church, they were gathered together. Suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they started speaking in other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill us, Father. Do the same again. Because we want to be filled of the, with the Holy Spirit in order to go. To make disciples. To do your will. Anoint each one of us in a powerful way. Use our hands to touch these people, to heal these people, to deliver these people from the demons. Oh, in Jesus' name, this is my prayer for all of my brothers and sisters here today. Father, open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Because we want to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, in Jesus' name I thank you for this time, in Jesus' name I thank you for every brother and sisters that came here today, Father. In Jesus' name I bless their lives and I thank you because you brought each one of them here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can have a seat. It's so good to have you all here. Thank you for investing this time to listen from God, to receiving more of God. And we are teaching about our cell meetings. Because this church is a cell meeting church, is a church that is based on small groups. If you don't know, the primitive church, the first 300 years, they didn't have buildings. Because they gathered in the, in, the temp, in the hall of the temple. And they were under persecution also. And that church, without buildings and under persecutions, they grew. They multiplied. They were 120 people and they multiplied to 
more 3,000, then more 5,000. And, and, and many scholars says that half of Jerusalem born again through them. And without building. But they, were, they used to gather together. And I, I'm not going to talk about that today. But uh, how works the cell, uh, about the cell meetings. But I want you to start reading. And today we are going to talk about the five cells functions. The five small groups functions. Okay? And I want you to read just a verse to start. Acts chapter 2 verse 46 and 47. Acts 2, 46 and 47, that says, Every day they continued to meet together, where? In the temple courts. Remember, the temple was the temple from the Jews, okay? The Christian didn't enter inside of the temple to worship God. Just on the courts, outside of the temple they were, okay? They were to meet together in the temple courts. They broke breads in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily. Those who were being saved. Then... We are talking about the cell meetings or the small groups that meet at home. The cell meeting, the cells is made up of people meeting weekly. For what? Okay? Just for what? First. First to bring people to Jesus and learn how to become family. This is the first thing, to bring people to Jesus and to learn how to become family. Because a church is not a religion. Or a religious thing. It's a family. The family of God. Can you say amen? Second. Build. To build one another's spiritual life. Third. To have relationship. Pray for one another. And worship the Lord. Fourth, to coach or to train leaders. The cell meetings are training leaders. Because in the church, it's so difficult. Normally in the church, you, can, you come here, you listen and you go home. But in the cell meeting, no. Each one is used to bless each other. In the cell meeting, you can speak, you can share, you can ask questions. And there is a place for us to grow spiritually. And also to be trained and as a leader. And, and number five, grow and multiply. The cell it's a, have, are there to grow spiritually in number of people and also to multiply. And I want to talk about these five cell functions now. First, the first functions of the cell, evangelism and integration. Okay? The first function, evangelism and 
integration. Some people make one initial decision for Jesus, and then they don't go anymore to church. Have you seen that? Some people come to church and say, I accept Jesus. And then they don't come anymore to church. Why? Why? Do you know why? Because they feel here like a, a fish out of the water. Because they are not integrated. They don't feel they are part of us. Part of the family. Because I mean, some people just come here, listen, and go home. And one person will not feel like a fish out of order, but one integral part of the church. Okay? Because they need to feel that they are part of a family. This is how we are. And how does friendship make the difference? This is a key. If you look at your life, you are going to notice one thing. You came to Jesus because of friendship. I came to Jesus because of friendship. <laughs> Someone who used to work with me, he, he was my friend. And because of my friendship, I became a Christian. And how does friendship make the difference? First... It breaks prejudice. Okay? Break prejudice. It breaks down lots of barrier when you have this friendship or the person is your friend. It draws people closer no matter the differences. God used the friendship to draw men and women to salvation and Jesus. It leads people to know Christ. We win people first to ourselves. Then we win them to Christ. You are going to notice this. I'm going to repeat again. We win people first to ourselves. This is the point. Because I remember when I born again. I was not interested in the church. But I had someone that was my friend. And I totally connected to him. Not to the church. And because I was of the friendship. Then he started talking to me about God. And then what happened? My life was changed because of the friendship. To lead. This is important. To lead a person to Christ. We make friends, not enemies. So we turn enemies, we turn enemies into friends, friends into brothers, brothers into disciples, and disciples into leaders. <laughs> I'm going to repeat again. To lead a person to Christ, we make friends, not enemies. So we turn enemies into fr to friends. Friends into brothers, brothers into disciples, and disciples into leaders. This is what happened. Happened with my life and many people's life. There are many leaders here. Some of the leaders that are here today, 
they, we are not, we were not friends, but we became friends. Then they became brothers. Then they became disciples. And today they are leaders. Amen. And I am talking right now to many leaders here. Amen. Because this is the process of God in our lives. The secret, the secret of good integration. Now I'm going to talk about the secret of a good integration. In some ways, in some ways, it's more important to integrate some, someone into the local church life than to lead him or her to make a public decision for Jesus. This could be strange. Like, it's, it's more important to integrate someone in the friendship, in the cell meeting, then they say, okay, now I accept Jesus. Why? Because some people can come to church and they are moved to, to give their hearts to Jesus. And then say, okay, I accept Jesus. <laughs> but then they have no friends. They have no one to help them. And what happened? They go away from the church. But think, if you keep someone near to you, always invite them to your cell meeting. Always invite them to the church. And, and they are integrated. They are not born again, but they are listening, 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 listening. Then the Holy, they are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And one day, he said, I want to accept Jesus. This, that happened with me. Don't think where I went to church and I became Christian in one, in one day. No. I started going in the, because I, first I became his friend. Then I started going and I, I had another friends. Then I said, wow, I have friends here. People who love me, who accept me. And then after that, I became a Christian. Why? Because I kept going. And then one day, God spoke so deep into my heart. Then it's more important that a person has a friendship then just to say, I accept Jesus. Because some people, they accept Jesus just by the moment, but they don't keep their faith in Jesus. But if they find here a family, brothers and sisters who love them, then, wow, they're going to be here and be integrated in the church. One of the keys, one of the keys of integration is, the, is building of relationship and friendship, okay? One of the keys to integration is the building of relationship and friendship. Because if the person feels that he has friends here, then he wants to continue keeping coming because he has friends. Or I have a relationship and friendship here, and I want to keep coming back. And the main secret of building 
this deep friendship is to be filled with the love of Jesus Christ and demonstrate his genuine, genuine love by paying attention and investing time in the life of the person we want to win for Jesus. Yes, this is the way we can win someone to Jesus, showing the love of Jesus to them. Show the love of Jesus. Being thirsted in him or in her. And then this person is going to say, wow, this is a loving church. This is a loving people. And they are interested in my life. It's necessary to spend time to listen to people's heart and then integrate them into the life of the church. And this happened mainly in the cell meeting. Because you know, invite someone and say, let's go to church. They're going to say, mm, I don't like church. But invite people, let's go to my house. Oh, yes, your house, I go. <laughs> let's have a cup of tea, my house. The people go. But let's go to church. Mm, church. <laughs> Religion, I don't like. But to your house, I go. Because, yeah, yeah, this is the point, my beloved brother. This is why the primitive church grew a lot. They multiplied. Because the people, they used to gather in their houses. Active and fruitful members were saved because the people of the cell became interested in them and cared about their families. They felt that people showed a genuine interest in them. When people are loved and valued, their mind and hearts are open to what we have to say. Do you agree with that? When people, they are loved, they are valued. Please, people is not thing. Okay? Don't use people. You, you have to love people. doesn't matter if they are going to come to church or not. This is how we, we should act. I have invested in many, many, many people. And many of them, they are not here today. But one thing they cannot complain. I showed my love to them. I gave what I had to them. I helped them. I invested in their lives. This is the way, what, how we should do. We cannot use people for our interests. We should love people because they deserve to be loved. And the way is to show the love of Christ. Because Christ died for us while we were sinners. Not a good person. And then it's how we should invest in other people. Okay, let's go. I need to go quickly because of our time. Because we are at, at the end. Fabiana, she's going to guide us. In the time of questions, okay? 
pay attention because we are going to answer some questions <laughs> again, okay? Second point, pastoring and discipleship. Pastoring and discipleship. How can we take good care of each person? How? How to ensure that his or her basic spiritual needs will be met? Questions answered and continued growth assured. Beloved brothers, how can we, we take good care of each person? You know, in public meetings, in the service, it's impossible to take care of each other. It's impossible. Because here, this church, it's small. We have just a few people here. But we are going to grow. And then one day, we to, now we have around 80 people. Then in a few years, we're going to have hundreds. And then how to take good care of these people? How can the people, re, their needs should be met here in the church? It's impossible. Because they're going to enter to sit, to worship God and go home. But the strategy is... The small group. These are, it's like a family. And there, they can talk about him or herself. They can receive prayer. They can open their hearts. And this is how it works. Or the church should have these two wings. The wings of the worship. Everybody worship together in the church. But also in the cell meetings fellowship, communion with everybody. Here, all together worshiping the Lord. It's impossible to have a lot of fellowship here to talk. Just pastor talks. <laughs> but in the cell meeting, no, everybody can talk. Everybody can share. Amen? Amen. Also, our cell leaders are true heroes. Heroes. Because they are the pastors who take care of the Lordship every day. Yeah. Because we are talking about pastoring and discipleship. And our leaders, they do this pastoring, taking care of them. I am feeding them and they are feeding the flock. It's how it works. I give you to them the food and they give to the flock or to every sheep. The word, the word pastor has the, same, has the sense of protecting, caring, which means to nourish, to teach, to take care of spiritual and body needs. The good pastoring and discipleship of all the members of the cell is one of the conditions for our future growth. Okay? The good pastoring and discipleship of all members is the one of the conditions of our future growth. Personal discipleship is 
crucial, ethical and strategic priority for the development of every church. To disciple is to help another believer become a better disciple of Jesus. Initially, in the first stage, it is required to be in the same cell meeting. Or to disciple, before Jesus goes to heaven, his last words to every one of us was, now I'm going to the Father, and you, 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 go make disciples, baptize them, teach them everything that I taught you. This is our goal, my beloved brothers. And, and, and this discipleship is to help the another believer to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. And we are teaching people how to be Jesus' disciple. And also, the first disciples didn't stop making disciples. That's the reason you are here today. If they, if they had failed in the past, you were not here. All of you are not here. But they gave their lives even under persecution. But they start giving their lives and preaching the gospel. They didn't stop. And this is why we are here today. Third. Third point. Fellowship. Third point, fellowship. Biblical fellowship occurs in a context where true Christians are seeking intimacy with God and healthy relationship with one another. Fellowship is a synonymous of communion. In Greek, is the word koinonia, which means the ideal of Christian life that must be experienced by all family cells and the church. And uh, this is the, the biggest purpose of the cell meeting. Fellowship. And fellowship, as I said to you, it's so hard and difficult for us to have here in the church. Because here... The people enter, sit, listen the word, and go home. But fellowship is when everybody is sharing their things, their thoughts, their food. And the Bible, and 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 the, the book of Acts, the Bible says they were always together, home to home, sharing their food and having this fellowship. And this is wonderful. To make disciples. In true communion. There is no gossip. When someone exposes a problem. Amen? Amen. In true communion there is no gossip. It's not to talk in your brother's back. Because like when someone exposes a problem. What you do? You are going to pray for them. And to love them 
This is the, the, our goal, to love each other. And it's a place of love, affection, acceptance. Because the Bible says in Acts 2.44, All that believed were together. All that believed were together. Then we, if we believe, we need to be together. Not just here in the church, but together in the small groups. How to strengthen the fellowship in the cell? How to strengthen the fellowship in the cell? I'm going to go quickly now. Through activities that promote communion together and leisure. Okay? Through activities that promote communion together and leisure also. To, to spend just time together. By stimulating one another's spiritual growth. Encourage them to experience the atmosphere of love, joy, and faith. Stimulate one another's spiritual growth. Encouraging them to experience the atmosphere of love, joy, and faith. Also through evangelism. Together. Where everybody shared the joy of conquering new people for Jesus and taking good care of them. Another, through love and sincere confrontation. This is important. Through love and sincere confrontation. When there are friction and disagreement between people so that love is demonstrated and trust restored. Did you get? Because sometimes we have, we need to confront people sometimes. But when we have this friction, we are learning with each other, then you need to forgive each other, to help each other, to love each other, then you are practicing what the Bible says. Because church is not perfect. <laughs> Some people say, oh, no, sometimes there is some disagreement in church. Yeah, this is a family. Or do you think every family is perfect and no one has no problem? No, of course not. Every family, they have to talk about their problems. Not to destroy each other, but to, to talk to each other in order to, with love. And because these frictions and disagreements between people... We are going to show the love of God through this, even these problems that comes in the church. Amen? For, fourth, coaching or training leaders. Coaching or training leaders. A cell-based church always produces many quality leaders. And this reproduction happens in the context of the cell, it is learned in practice and in theory what we makes a leader effective. Because today I am a pastor, but do you know where 
where I started my spiritual life as a leader. In these small groups. And there I, I was formed with sometimes with people confronting me or difficulties in the cell meetings, many things. And there, it was there. Uh, a bricklayer does not learn how to build beautiful houses by just taking a curse in the classroom, right? They, they need to go to the field. They needed to start building things in order to learn how to do. And also, you are learning now, but you need to go to the practice, being together. And sometimes you are going to, like you are going to have a fellowship. Then you say, ah, let's have one barbecue. Say, no, I don't like barbecue. Let's have a pizza night. And then, okay, then you have to say, okay. I agree with you, let's have barbecue, but you don't want to have, but you need to learn how to deal with these questions, okay? The training field where the leaders are instructed is the cell meeting, the cell itself, okay? Then we should seek out and, and coach leaders who are faithful, available, and teachable, teachable. Fifth, growth and multiplication. We are near to the end. Growth and multiplication. Now I'm going to talk about the ABC of multiplication. The ABC of multiplication. Do you know that God is a God of multiplication? Did you know? It's one of the fundamental laws of the universe, multiplication. And also the first commandment from God to the man, Genesis 1:28. What God did say to the man? Multiplicate. Or you have to reproduce. Don't say or just yourself. You need to reproduce. Multiplication. And in order to, for this multiplication, there are costs or a price involved. More work and care. But as a consequence, more fruits and more joy. Because you know, if you want to multiplicate your family, you need to spend more money, isn't it? Yeah, when another child comes, multiplication, then you need to buy many things. Yeah, your bills start growing. Then if you have, no, I want more child, another child, then, then start growing, involve costs. And this is what happened with us. Sometimes for us to grow, it involves cost, costs, price. Let's see some examples of biblical multiplication. Do you remember about Jacob? Jacob had 12 sons, and they multiplied themselves. Exodus 1, 7. Okay? 
Jacob had, had just uh, had 12 sons and they multiplied. Jesus had 12 disciples. And all Christians in history are the result of the multiplication of those men. Think about it. All Christians, all Christians in history, they are results of the multiplication of that 12 men. They were faithful. And how about you? Are you going to be faithful to multiply and to make disciples? I thanks God. Because I have lived in different places. Every place that I live it, I have disciples there. I win souls for Jesus. And I wasn't pastor in that time. Every place I live it, I preach the gospel and I made disciples. Every place. When I was at school, many of my friends become Christians. Then when I started working my first job, I made disciples there. Everywhere I was, I wasn't pastor, but was making disciples for Jesus. Please, you need to have this experience to have disciples. Sometimes I receive some calls or the people find me on Facebook and say, Wow, Marcio, you, you brought me to Christ. I said, but who are you? I didn't remember long time ago. They said, 20 years ago, you were my boss. I work in that company that you were the manager. Did you remember? Oh, I remember you. You preached the gospel. Oh, thank you. Because you saved my life. And I have many, many, many testimonies. This is so wonderful. This, I think, one month ago, I, someone found me. They always found, find me on the Facebook. <laughs> and because they start uh, looking, searching for my name, and then they said, Marshall, oh, I am so thankful for, because you preached the gospel and you saved me. This is, when I, I, when I received this call, or this message, my heart started, wow, Jesus, you are so beautiful, you are so beautiful, you are saving people through this person like me, I am nothing. But don't lose your time. Talk about Jesus to people. Bring them to the Lord. Also, Jesus multiplied bread and fish. And his disciples distributed them to the people. This is our participation with Jesus. Feeding the people. Jesus multiplied bread and fish. And his disciples started giving to the people. And today we have the word of God. And we need to distribute to the people that are starving, hungry for God. Considerations of sales. And I am finishing. I'm they, consideration of sales. They multiply. Sales multiply. Don't divide. Okay? Did you remember? Cells multiply, don't divide. 
they multiply in twin, twin units with the same characteristic and genetic code. The cells works as authentic cells of the human body. They should not get too large. Cell meetings cannot be a church too large, okay? So there is an atmosphere of family, intimacy, and sharing. Cell meetings could not go after 16 people. It's maximum from 12 to 16. Then you have to multiply. The cell meeting starts growing. When it reaches 12, 12 to 16 people maximum, then you need to multiply two cells of eight people. And then we start again. They grow to the point of saturation when they necessarily multiply. Or because when you are like 16, it's too much for you to lead with many people. Then you multiply it because it's necessary, the multiplication. They multiply also, the cell meat multiply in intimacy with God. Okay? The cell meat needs to multiply in intimacy with God, leading everyone to be close to Jesus Christ. They multiply also in fellowship. Cell meetings multiplying fellowship, leading everyone to grow in relationship to one another. This is the point of the cell meeting. They multiply in numbers also, growing and multiply in the numbers of the disciples. And the last point, quality is the key to multiplication. Quality is the key to multiplication. Through the New Testament context, we see discipleship being focused on the individual, not in programs. Discipleship is not a meeting, one event, but one individualized, one-to-one process. Discipleship is not a gift or ability, only for some chosen. Okay, this is important. Because I am talking about discipleship. Discipleship is, is something based that one-to-one. That you can be together with someone. And also it's not a gift. Or someone say, oh, he has a gift to disciple people. No. Every one of us has this gift. <laughs> to disciple people, right? You have. Do you know how to disciple people? It's easy peasy. Just love him and teach everything that you learn from God. It's simple. It's for all obedience, obedient followers of Jesus. Discipleship it is for all obedient followers of Jesus. Every believer must ask himself or herself two questions. Who is my Pope? Who is my Pope? Who is the one who discipled me? And who is my Timothy? Or 
They were, because who is the one I am discipling? Because we need to be in these true, in these true uh, places. Who is teaching me? Do I have someone that is praying for me, teaching me? Because it's how we work here. Because we are going to take care of you. And you are going to take care of others. We are going to disciple you. And you are going to, be the, you are going to disciple others. It's how it works.